Well, day, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the In The Know, On The Go podcast. This week, we have got the boys back, Tom and Mick. God, they're funny. Um, today's episode, they're sitting down with James Tierney to cover southern New South Wales, Victoria, sheep, lambs, everything that goes with that. Just a little word of warning before we throw to them that um, this episode, the sound played up a little bit. That's a, a Zoom problem, but one we are addressing. So... Tomo, Mick, I'm handing over to you guys. We'll get into it. Episode three, Michael, welcome. Uh, episode three, I'm very excited for this one, talking sheep, lambs, everything in the south and north, really, uh, by the breadth of what, JT, what your business covers. Um, but Mick, talk us through it. Who have we got? What's happening? How's it going? Yeah, Tomo, good to be back, mate. Um, as we do, we only have big hitters on the show. So this week we've got James Tierney, JT from RLA, Riverina Livestock Agents. Um, pretty big around Wagga and pretty big in the lamb show just in general. Um, James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, boys. Do you get JT or what's your uh, – have you got a go-to nickname? <laughs> Many. I get uh... – Oh, actually, all the options plus people, which you guys are both there once, or JT, uh, get a lot of Jimmy. They're a fair bit of James as well, so I'll answer the most things. JT, you're running a um, Nike sweatshirt, modern-day agent going to the gym in the middle of the day? Yeah, yeah well, well, you know, yeah, sort of late 30s, not far off 40. I sort of decided a couple of years ago, after knocking my body around for long enough, I better start putting a little bit back into it. So now single, so I have to actually look after myself a bit. What's your uh, go-to in the gym? Are you a bit of a cardio man, heavy weights? Uh, mainly strength, yeah. yeah. Upper body and lower body, yeah. I enjoy it. It's, it's good therapy. It's, it's, I try and, um, try and go four or five times a week, and I do tell the boys at work that they maybe should think about doing the same, particularly if you see something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. There's a bit to learn off that. Before we get into it, talking lamb, sheep, mutton, and everything in the middle. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your business, where you cover, um, yeah, and, and all of that and, and your business, yeah? Yeah, well, um, originally brought up in Western Victoria on a uh, sheep property down there. Mum and Dad are still there and, and my three sisters, or two of them are still home on the farm. So I, um, I, did, a, I did 10 years with Elvis, um, which that's how I got to Wagga. And in 2011... Tim Drum and myself started River and Livestock Agents um, with another guy called Brendan Helm. And um, it's sort of just gone on from, from pretty humble beginnings, really. And yeah, it's sort of grown into a pretty handy business um, today. We've got uh, about 13 people with us at the moment. Um, and we cover, I guess that's the beauty of Vlog, we cover a pretty big area. Um, obviously, all the Riverina, but, but there's probably a 500k radius. From where we draw stock or where we where we market stock from, so and that that involves the sale yards, the you know the biggest sale yards in Australia, it's out the right here, um, to hook stock to a lot of auctions plus stock. Um, yeah, so sort of, it's it's a good variety. Isn't auctions plus the biggest sale yards in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't work there anymore. Yeah, give it the rest, Tomo. It's it's shit house in the falling market, isn't it? That's what they tell us now, JT. <laughs> Every hard to move and when it's not falling market, yeah, yeah. Anyway, just few um, got to accept the medicine now. Yeah, and and JT, how's the season around you? If you could throw a blanket over it, have yeah. you had an autumn break yet? Look, yeah, we have. 
Um, we're, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I'm generally a pretty optimistic person, but I just did not think we could go into a fourth year of having a good season. And this, you know, we shouldn't take that for granted because we had plenty of ordinary bastards. But um, we've had beautiful rain here, and, and particularly, well, just south of town, but particularly, you know, up to two or three acres of property. Um, a bit further north of here, Wollong Pondo, and right up through that country's had good rain. Um, anyone that's got crops sown, it's up and away, and you know, we should have grazing cropping in sort of a month or five weeks. And the country's just, I, I don't think I've seen a lift as much since I've been here. Yeah, dried out through February, as it should. Um, I, I always smile to myself when people say how dry it is in January and February and, because it should be. Um, so, but it's, yeah, it's jumped amazing. Jay Dizzle, um, are you seeing that come through in your clients, um, I guess their feelings and, ha- and how their outlook is? Are people starting to be just that little bit of rain sparks a bit of positivity? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I guess it's a, it does two things. It, it'll pull up people on where they probably didn't really want to sell stock, even if they were sort of ready. They can wait for a market, you know, maybe to do a little bit better. Um, but the other thing, of course, is in particular in trading areas, in um, straight away, there's, there's people wanting to buy store lands or little cattle, and um, that's one thing we have missed here in the last couple of years. While it's not the biggest area for buying good runs of, um, of cattle, um, but we've just started to get back in a bit. I felt like we missed it for a fair while. Um, if you weren't in that first trade, you probably did miss it, so it's good to be buying a few of them again. Um, and yeah, land wise, people. Yeah, for sure. And, we, and we're, yeah, we're buying back buying for you. Not that we haven't stopped completely. We've got some loads of feed and, and what have you. But, um, yeah, they're definitely, definitely a lot more optimistic about it now because you take the grain cost out. Do you, do you think you see the market going back to where it was a couple of years ago where tighter numbers in the winter, um, a bit, bit more of the, the sort of norm and, and people having a bit more of a crack at trading or, or not yet? Um, I, I see it somewhere between... Between here and there, I, I don't think that the winter market will be as subdued as it was last year. I think for a few reasons. Um, I, I'm a believer that there is more stock around than there has been for a long time, I will say that. But I think we've processed a lot more of that stock. If you think back to last year, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a guess and no one will ever tell you the truth anyway, but let's say that the first five months of last year that Avatars were running at about 70% capacity, where I think they've been at 100 or at least this year. Um, I think there's been some pretty heavy stock losses out west, maybe more than maybe more than we first thought. So I think those and, and there is a new processor or two in the game. Yeah, they're not doing massive numbers yet, but they're there. Um, or you know, new new processing plants. Um, you know, just even with JDS having a problem going, um, there is, you know, eventually Kudamundra will get going, this is streetwise, obviously. And that may not be this winter, but I just feel like this year, and if I think back to last year, and, you know, we all did this as agents and, and, and our producers, we probably didn't think that the money was good enough early for lands in January and February when COVID hit, and we thought it would get better, and it didn't, but then it kept raining, so we kept putting weight on the stock, and then that just all led to that, you know, and every man in his dog thought they knew how to feed lands all of a sudden. So there was every little feedlot in the country had plenty of lands in them without really working out, you know, the hard margins like we probably once used to have to. 
I suppose what I'm going with that is I don't think there's quite as many lambs in feedlots. I'm not saying there's going to be no lambs in there. That's, that's rubbish to say that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can be, you know, mid-late sevens for lambs, which, you know, I, I think personally is fine, particularly for what store lambs have been bought for and even as a bread, a bread lamb. And we'll, we'll set some dollars at times. I think this is personal opinion, but anyway, I'll always give that. Because of those reasons, I think we've been killing lambs all the way along this year, where I think we've, we've, we've held them up a bit last year. And I feel like this year that this is just us personally here at Blogger, that we've sold lambs more so as they're ready. We haven't got blokes sitting on 27 and 8 kilo lambs or not big numbers of them in the paddock like we did last year. We had tens of thousands of them last year and we were just waiting for something to happen. Speaking of making money out of lambs, JT, Tomo's probably not going to lead with us, but Tom, you've, you've got some pretty exciting market news, mate, that you might want to share with JT. Oh, yes. They, they are calling me sort of cut between Tom Cruise, Tom Brinkworth. Me and my brother sold our, our nine Aussie white lambs at Forbes today, 170 bucks a head. Yeah. Crowning tonight, don't worry about that. <laughs> no, um, I guess... Corgo, I've probably skipped over a question or two, but I'll let you jump in now. Yeah, no, thanks, Tomo. We, you've, you've, you've ruined the schedule. Um, oh, I, didn't I might that. jump over a couple of yours. Um, and you've probably alluded to it, so we might be covering ground a bit now. But where do you see value in the market at the moment? JT, um, you know, for your guys that are traders, um, you know, are you buying, are you buying, buying cheap readers like you're buying five year old ewes, you're stepping into lightweight store lambs. Where's, where's good, well, like, where's opportunities for you and your guys? I honestly believe at this stage, for what we're doing, we'll probably stay with mainly prospects. Um, uh, and that this will come down to personal preference. I, I think there's great value in use. Like it's never been probably if, if you look at what news are making, a lot of scan use between any now let's just throw a blanket from 120 or 30 dollars. And even some of them have been less. Like we bought use options plus the other day for 96 dollars scan in. Like we're not I think the thing that we've all got to remember is this had this has been a bit of an overreaction, I think, on the store side. Not not store lands. I think they've come back to where they've needed to be because mm-hmm. For the last few years, there has been, there just simply hasn't been enough money in it. This, you know, just getting $150 and $60, and I, and I can say I'm one of the people that was buying them too, we would always pull up at a level, particularly last year. But, you know, for, for non-finished lands, well, it, it couldn't go on. It couldn't go on and then go and cop, you know, $170 or $80 after you've gone and fed them and blah, blah, blah. That, that can't happen. So I think this level that we've seen it at now, you know, install lands ranging price seventy to sixty to a hundred, say. For your light store lands and then your better lands have been from hundred to hundred and twenty, maybe hundred and thirty. Just um a little bit more than that now. And I guess you can sort of you can go with that a little bit because um now we're not using grain. If you if you happen to be fortunate to be a logger or, or you get it. So I think those light lambs probably represent pretty good value. If you can buy those light lambs at $80 and $90 and, you know, probably you can, if you can do a good enough job on them, if you've got the food and whatever, you're probably going to be able to turn that into $160 or $80. I can't see anything wrong with that. But these scan use, nearly any of them, look really good value to me. Well, over lambs are making about $7, which, you know, there hasn't been a lot of this year that they haven't. Um, 
I think any any brand of these ewes of Scandi Wang are worth the money. Some of your real pretty first cross ewes have made a bit more than that, but they're a, they're a long, long, long way off where they were last year. If we think back to the ewes making five hundred dollars last year, which I, we we sort of stayed out of that, you know, the four to five hundred dollar runs on first mm. that didn't work for me. But I think if you look at a lot of their scan crossbred ewes from two hundred but even up to three hundred dollars on them. Like the fat job's no different. Mutton is granted, but yeah. the actual land market is no different. It's probably like well, I haven't actually looked at the, the graph. It would be tracking pretty well now. You know, we're, what we're looking at. I think we're getting a lot more last year, and, and probably furthermore, the outlook might be just a tick better than what it was this time last year. So I, I reckon that's that's a very broad answer that I've given you. But that's that's what I see. Probably the hard ones I see, and I just don't, they don't look a lot of money as these little Moreno weather lambs, but I just don't know what to do with them if you don't get them fat, because I think we've got to be really careful about what we think we sell hobbits and mutton for, you know, later this year and, and go yes. for here, because I think definitely sheep numbers are up. And you, you mentioned that crossbreds your preference, you know, like you hear a lot of guys talking about struggling with Merino weather lambs over the last couple of seasons, you know, it's been too wet, they haven't done. Yeah. What's your what's your experience there? Because they, they look value to buy. It's just, they do. can you do a job with them? And do you see, like... Every area will be different. I guess the nature of our business is that, uh, you know, we, we sell a lot of heavy lambs and a lot of trade lambs. So that's not to say you can't get Merino lambs to that, but they have a lot more work to get them there. And if you miss... You haven't got the MK market like you once did. It's not strong like it was. So if you don't get them good enough for it, let's just use a TFI or a JDS, your sell price isn't that good. Whereas a crossbred land's a lot easier to get 22 or 3 kilos in, in you know, Woolworths, Coles. There's plenty of people want to line up and buy them, 22 to 24 or 5 kilos. But if you've got an unfinished 20 kilo marina land, you are in no man's land. And I guess we used to probably think, well, that's okay, we're sharing, and then we'll sell them as a hogger for probably not much less. But those days are gone for now. They need to have. But I can't see that they come back um, until there is some sort of shortage of sheep again, which could be a fair while. Like the reason, um, I guess the reason Merino lambs, you know, a lot of times we could see them, even though there was a price difference on the hook, but we'd look in the show, as I make the same. Well, that was because there was a ship genuine shortage of But like, can't see that happening. So, you, you know, you, you, your avatars that are doing the, the first grade job, if they're going to want first grade products, and, and that's just natural, isn't it? Like, I, I would always buy a second cross lamb over a first cross lamb if I could, if I've got choice. If I'm forced to, then I'll go to the marine. But out of choice, that's what I buy. And, that, and, and the processes will be no different to that. Yes. And then, and talk to us a little about, you know, some prices used to do a bag lamb job on their merinos. Um, that, that's gone out of the market. Be fair. That's, that's, what, that's what I was sort of going to before. If they're not good enough for your, for your major exporters or what have you, yes. the bag job, it's, it's actually still there. They're doing it, but it's a, it's at a lot less of a price than it ever was, and it's very, very erratic. You know, you'll see a thing like Greek Easter come through, and it'll be all right, but then it can be shit out the next week, and, and you can't. You can't. It's not something where you can go, oh, I'll get a Ford price for a bag lamb. Like, it doesn't happen. It's just, it's erratic mm-hmm. and, it, and it can it can come and go. So you can't, that's what I sort of, I'm wary of Moreno weather lands, even though they look cheap. And I'll tell you the other thing I'm wary of with them is a lot of the better bred ones will be out in 
west. I'm pretty wary of the seed that might come with them. Yes. And so what, what, what are blokes doing where they've got a big issue with seed? You know, like the processors don't want them. It's a big issue. Um, we haven't got a lot of it around here yet, but I know it's out west and I know it's hard to avoid. Yeah, but it makes you wary when you think of western stock. Particularly in a big year, like we've just had. I mean, you've only got to drive around it and you'll see the spear grass. Like, it's, it's there. So, you know, it's no good for anyone when it happens. Um, but I don't. It, it's just another little reason that I'm wary. And it's not just that. It actually, it's not just the fact that the discount, the land's actually, they don't do well when they've no, got it. Yeah. Spit out. But, you know, you can, I went to the store sale earlier in the season, Danny, actually. And I just, I don't know that it's been a very wet year, but it was as plain a yard as Merino lands, and there was a lot of them as I've ever seen there. And you just had to wonder, was it not just worms? It nearly had to be something else as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty wary of it. Especially when you find off red, yeah, pretty well worth the money. But everyone's different on that. Yes, yeah. Yep. Do you have many clients, for the reasons you've talked about, at the wool market in there um, that are starting to move significantly across to your crossbred lambs? I, I guess personally, a lot of my clients are crossbred blokes naturally anyway. I haven't got, I've got plenty of people got Merino ewes joined to Dorsets or, you know, Breeders because ewes or whatever. But I haven't got too many self-replacing Merino guys. I think the people that are in it and are doing a good job, they're fine. It's probably, it's probably going and buying the opportunity Buyers, I suppose, you know, my traders yep. would would probably just say, no, we want to do something quick. And, and that's what trading is a lot. That's the beauty of trading sheep versus a lot of other, you know, versus trading cattle. It's a short game. You know, it's mm-hmm. you've done generally maximum 12 or 15 weeks, but it can be as short as six or eight. So you can sometimes see the goalposts. Yeah. You touched on it earlier with the, um, the winding between the store and the kill market is actually coming a bit wider. Are you having, yeah, a couple of traders starting to prick their ears up a bit and have, yeah. have another good look? Yeah, and they have been really right the way through this, this year. Um, I guess a lot of traders have been pretty pretty mindful this year because of the last couple of years have been pretty hard trading. Yep. So, including me as, as their agent, I've been, I've been guarded as well um, and, and had to be. And I'm glad it was early, you know, when we came to the end of the spring last year, like, we were pretty reserved in what we wanted to pay for the store lands at the south and whatever. Um, and I'm glad it worked because it's reflected in the price since. It hasn't got any better and didn't think it would. In fact, at times it's deteriorated. It's coming, it's coming right a bit now. But, um, yeah, the gap is, is a lot bigger than it probably needed to be too. And, and it needs to be in this industry, I think, that, that these good operators who – fattening lands doesn't just happen. And I think a lot of people think it just does. I think a lot of people kept lambs last year and sold them through the winter, and we saw tens of thousands of them here at Wagga, and they were going over the books and they were going everywhere. It doesn't just happen. Like, it involves effort and know-how and a lot of the times the right country. It, it, you don't just click your fingers and flatten the land. So I think actually that gap, those those guys that are good at it should be rewarded for, for doing it. I think that gap now, they, they actually are, where, where for a couple of years they don't, don't really think that that was that was there. Yeah, don't don't worry. You're preaching to the choir, as I alluded to earlier. Nick probably wouldn't get it, but he will one day. So that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. <laughs> you're a big deal, Rook out. Um, you're up next, mate. So <clears throat> we keep yeah, working. No, I can do this now. Um, something we've been asking all the people on, I know you've been an avid listener all the way through, JT. Um, we've been asking people where they will see the trade lamb indicator, heavy lamb indicator mutton by the end of the year. So we're sort of mix, bought a bottle of rum, bottle of red wine, um, take your pick at the end of the year. Whoever's, it's a bit of a closest to the pin. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to know if you can give us an exact figure on where you see the trade lamb, heavy lamb and mutton indicator by, let's say, mid-December. I'm going to answer the question because I always do, but you, you tell me when it's going to stop raining and I'll tell you even better. Let, let's assume uh, on the basis that we don't have a bobtail spring everywhere and it's somewhat half normal. I, I think we'll still see a lot of lands um, early 7s in December. I, I think 7 to 7.20 or 30. I think um, heavy lands may even make more than that um, because I think at that time of year, they're the ones that have got part of the find. Um, I think you've seen that in a, you know, a lot of those 24-plus grids. So, um, and weight is actually not the enemy anymore. Um, there's quite a few processes doing weight. Um, so if a trade land was $7, I'm going to say that heavy lands are going to make another 20 or 30 cents a kilo on top of that at that time. I don't say that will be the case in August, but, but then I do. And I think mutton's... mutton's uh, it's about... It's about <laughs> Mutton will be more variable than lamb, depending on the season. If the season has failed, mutton could be in the twos. If it hasn't, it'll be about where it is now. Yeah, four four dollars. I don't I don't see six dollars happening again. Mm. Even though I think processes are probably done pretty well, even now this late, but it's busted into the fours line truly. This last few days, I see we had some sheep in forks today actually. As well, when we sold on Thursday, and they, they look like they sold really well. They might have made a fair bit over for by the look of it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say four dollars. Four bucks. Here we go. Trade seven twenty-five. Heavy seven fifty. Mutton four bucks. Happy with that. Why did you tick up the lambs? Trade seven. Heavy seven thirty. He did say seven, Tom. Are you trying to wind him up a bit? There? Yeah. He's just- <laughs> he talked himself up to seven twenty halfway through, and then yeah, he has pulled the box. That's that's. That's good, from you. That's good from you, Rookyard. Um, JT, we're focused mainly on sheep and lamb today, but we probably should talk about the cattle job just briefly um, because you guys obviously cover that in your business as well. Um, yep. The cattle jobs hit the skids, so to speak. Um, yep. What's your what's your outlook there? And is there, you know, are you expecting more pain to come over the next 12 months? Have we found a level yet? I hope so. But the, the, just the little thing that worries me about that, is that I thought that six weeks ago and then it found another way down without any real seasonal pressure, you know, not, not like what we can see. I think fundamentally there's been three seasons that have been good over a big, big area. I think there has the numbers have come up a long, long way. I get what's happening in America and that hasn't uh, helped, but it might do down the track. I think we have, or I hope we have seen the bottom. Um, thank God it's rained though. Because I think it could have kept finding further, a little bit further levels down. Because we saw those markets come off drastically without any massive yardage. Let's just use the old one sale yards as the example in Dubbo's. Just just use those two sale yards even without without worrying about options plus or what we're doing in paddock, which none of us are doing massive amounts in the paddock. I wouldn't say. Like Wagga's been yarding three thousand, three and a half thousand, like. 
we're not yarding five, six thousand, and neither is Gabba. And Carcourt's not yarding four. Like those things can all happen when the seasonal pressure and will happen again. Um so that that sounds pretty ordinary in a way, but that's just I guess summing up the risks. But I actually think that this winter, particularly now with this break, I, I think the cattle job will get better. Um through the winter, I think I hope um, and this this is going to be a guess that we might be able to get you know good black feeder steers with a little bit of weight. We might be able to get them back to mid late fours. I, I don't see six going back at all. Um, I think that was very grass driven. It was pushed mm-hmm. from the bottom in most ways. And uh, you know I was never a subscriber to the two thousand dollar black steer, so I can't speak on behalf of the people that, that were. But I can I can I probably think- I can probably speak on behalf of them, but that's for another day. I think. A question we like to ask everyone, um, and you know, everyone's had their different reasons for, is asking, you know, what ram or bull breed you'd be and why. Um, we've had everything from, I don't know, I think Mick considered himself a Bazaday or something like that. But yeah, where would you sheep, cattle, ram or bull breed? What, oh, what look, I suppose if I was a ram, I'd say I'd be a cold horse, be my favourite breed. Number one, but um, probably not the prettiest, which is probably a bit. Me, but got a bit of bit of stand up and shake about them. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kick out of the gym, you'll be right. He does. He does have a good bit of frame on him. Yeah. To be a pole horse at Ramby, good job. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm happy with that too. That's yeah. a ripper. What, what were you? What were you, Tom? You're a waggy. All all chest and no ass. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been sitting on that one for a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> I say it every week. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get the job done. Well, Tomo, that's about it from me, mate, unless there's anything else you want to cover off. No, I think that covers it off. JT, thank you very much for your, your time. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, over and out. Back to you, Ollie. If you're enjoying getting in the know while you're on the go, please share it with a friend, follow, subscribe all that jazz if you've got any ideas of topics things you want covered hit us up podcast at humansofagriculture.com cheers